0: Coming up on the Minute the Movies podcast, we blast off into interstellar. We talk about the importance of our why, because if we do the right thing for the wrong reasons, it's wrong. And while we tend to look at Murphy's Law as a negative event, we see that variability is actually necessary for sustainable life. Don't forget your watch, and let's discover God's truth in this movie.
1: The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways.
0: Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is paul mcdonald and joining me once again from his office is my friend andrew hey andrew how are you doing this morning
2: doing good how are you
0: good we are getting together on a saturday which is not something i normally do but when we're trying to arrange this and this movie we'll talk about why interstellar has has impacted us and leaving us sobbing emotional wrecks at the end of the movie uh <laughs> You, I remember we were going back and forth because you're one, you're the trainer for your high school sports. Yep. Is that right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This, this time of year I'm covering football and soccer and volleyball. So, you know, like you said, we'll get into that later, but I don't get to see my family a whole lot during this time. So it's, it's hard not only to fit in family time, but anything else like this. So I really appreciate you kind of, kind of bending your family time on the weekend and being able to, fit me in
0: yeah for sure and and yeah the, the whole the family thing the father especially father daughter uh stuff i have a daughter you have two daughters that's yeah, gonna come up in in a little bit later in our conversation um you don't just do the the you know sports trainer stuff you we as we mentioned before you've got gohavoc.com yeah dot com right? yeah yeah
2: dot com yeah. yes yep g-o-h-a-v-o-k <laughs> i don't know if that's mirrored or not or if it's kova i don't know no it
0: actually is not uh, mirrored so that's nice
2: <laughs> good let havoc. yeah yeah we just we didn't figure that out you know with the k being backwards if you flip it it sounds like uh sounds like a virus that nobody wants to talk about <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah no so we're gonna uh release our newest anthology soon here's a little sneak peek at the cover um but it is Animal kingdoms, so every story in there uh, is highlighting uh, different different aspects of, of the creatures that uh, populate the earth and what's so awesome or terrifying or mystifying about them. So yeah, that'll come out in a couple weeks, uh, 45 stories, I think, and they're all a thousand words or less, so you can read them while you're waiting for the train or, or going to the bathroom. So. See, that's what I like.
0: <laughs> I might have to dive into that because... I, I, I like those book I struggle sometimes when I'm trying to find stuff to read cuz it's like well if I dive yeah. into this this chapter is like 30 pages long and I don't yeah. I like getting to a stopping point I like having feeling of completion it's probably some sort of a neurotransmitter thing that yeah. get a dopamine yeah. hit from completing a chapter and that's like 4 pages yeah. per chapter right
2: Yeah yeah I mean yeah it's, I mean it's so that's the beginning of a story and that's, that's the end, end of the yep. story.
0: So four pages. It's you know. nice. And these are the yeah. best of the best from yeah. your daily. They are. What do you call them? Yeah, again? The yeah. story so, bursts or something. So yeah. The
2: website. Yeah. Um, we put a free story daily mm-hmm. um, every weekday that is uh, on, on the website and, you know, they're commented on, voted on. And that helps us, uh, like you said, curate the, the best 30 over the last six months of stories. So, um, winds up being a pretty strong anthology. Yeah, for I'm sure. To enjoy it.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, so check that out. The best way to get it is to go to the website, gohavoc.com And that's havoc yep. with a K H O V A H A V O K.com. So we're sitting here on a Saturday. I'm, I'm guessing your kids are bouncing around the house somewhere.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, my office is down at the shop. Otherwise, I would never get anything done. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're upstairs. They're actually whenever I left, they were putting away their laundry. Oh, believe it or not, well trained. Five. My wife is a brilliant <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know, mystifying woman. I don't know how she does it. But.
0: <laughs> because this movie, in in all of its sci-fi and cinematography, <laughs> cinema cinematic. Grandeur, And it's awesome. It's beautiful. You, you gotta see it, you know, big screen surround sound as much as you can. Yeah. But the first time I saw this movie was about six years ago and it came out in 2014. So yeah, so it was, it was probably just gotten to streaming. And so I'm sitting there and I'm the context of my life at that time, my son was turning 13 and I was preparing some sort of like a manliness masculinity ritual to say, okay, you're done. Boyhood is over. You're going to spend the next, you know, we did something at 18. So the next five years, you're sort of preparing for manhood. And so sort of celebrating who Brendan was pulling all these pictures of stuff that he did. Cause I, I had some guys come in to, to bestow gifts, to bestow wisdom on him, to, you know, we, we got him. I think we, he wanted uh. Did he want? I think he he wanted some sort of Mexican food. I had it catered. I can't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Chipotle. It was something else. I can't remember. But so I'm getting ready. So I was like, "Who is Brendan?" I'm going to share this with the guys there. And it was really powerful going back and seeing all the things that we had done together, because as a dad, you know that was you know like I said six years ago is still pretty pretty new in my. I guess, restoration of faith. But because of my divorce, I was living under the lie that I was basically a failure as a father. I could never be a good dad because I divorced and left my children. So you can see how this movie, if you've seen it, and honestly, if you haven't seen this movie, don't listen to this podcast anymore because this is a movie you want to see fresh to see the ending. Like I got to see it the first time surprised and blown away and yeah. sobbing on it's my three couch. hours
2: long, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's three hours long. It's just an experience. Yeah. It's just, that's all you can say. It's just an
0: experience. So the scene at the end where, you know, he's trying to, to scream towards his daughter through the interdimensional things. I'm, I'm a sobbing wreck. The movie ends. I go into the kitchen where my wife is at the stove and she looks up. This may be the first time she'd ever seen me cry before. And she's like, "What? what's wrong? And I, between sobs, I'm just like, I'm not a bad father. <laughs> <laughs> and just start weeping again. And and she's there and she's cooking. And she's like, I, I really want to hug you, but I'm cooking risotto. <laughs> Which if you don't know, risotto is like this time period where you have to stir it constantly for about an hour. Of,
2: If you don't know, it is the truest form of love. Risotto? Risotto. yes.
0: Right, because you have to stand there for an hour to stir it. (laughs) As you're like, nope, I got to put in another cup of water, stir it till it's gone. Okay. (laughs) So I went over there, I stirred the risotto so she could give me a hug and and all that. So that was my initial. I had not seen it since because I was scared of the emotional uh, explosion that might occur. It, it it did I did get it did get a little sobby in here but nothing to that level that it was um, but Andrew you actually I think had a very similar mm-hmm. experience but in a and not and not as sort of a uh, a shame filled way as mine was
2: <laughs> right right yeah and so whenever you said when it came out I was trying to think you know actually. Um, I watched that for the first time just before we got pregnant with um, our first kid. So I watched it for the first time without that uh, connection as a parent, and it still got to yeah. me, you know, just because it's just a wonderful movie. But and I had watched it, you know, a few times since then. But yeah, you know, right. Whenever I first started watching it this time, you know, I, I started tearing up just because that you know that bond is so strong between a. a a parent and a, and a daughter but particularly a father and a daughter like you said for the reasons of you know the, the your goals of protecting them and being there for them and you know all that kind of stuff but so uh, my daughter started uh, it's called little ninjas it's a combination of uh, jiu jujitsu and you know kickboxing and wrestling um uh, and taekwondo and if you saw her you know she's 75 pounds soaking wet and uh it's it's hilarious to see her out there just getting full more. but uh, she was so excited about it. And I, like you said, I'm busy this time of year, so I ha- didn't get to go to her first two uh, practices. And then by by the time Wednesday came around, she's like, "Dad, you have to be there on Friday." And um, there's there's those few moments whenever a child picks you over the other parent, <laughs> like, "Oh, you've get you've got to be better at this," you know, I've, you know, got to show I'm like, up, I've got to come. Whether through. I am. <laughs> Whether I'm better or not, I'm going to say I'm the authority. You know, absolutely. I'll be there. Um, so then I'm, I'm off in the afternoon on Fridays. So I was able to go. And then all week she was asking me about it. And then whenever I was there, she was just really focused in on me. And every time she'd do something, you know, uh, do a move, she'd look at me for approval or correction, uh, even more so than the, than the uh, <laughs> instructor. You know, and a couple of times I'd have to be like, pay attention, you know. But that morning, so I, you know, I get maybe ten minutes to see my kids in the morning before they're out the door, and uh, you know, my, my my oldest daughter, she's eight. She came up and you know gave me a hug, said I love you, love you, you know, have a good day, see you tonight, and then we just you know we're kind of done, and I I start to let go, and she doesn't let go, and I'm like, oh, that is so sweet, and then I start feeling her her grip get tighter and tighter uh, around my neck, and I'm like, and I'm just waiting, putting like, a okay. sleeper hold on and- me. <laughs> Yeah. She whispers in my ear. She says, this is how we choke people. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is <laughs> Oh awesome. <right> <laughs> uh, Yeah. So it's, uh, those moments, if it gives you some insight into, you know, what the desires are and what the connections are and, you know, just my whole world revolves around them. Their whole world revolves around me in some ways like that. And to watch this movie and to see the connections that they make right off the bat the very human connections between Cooper, the main character and his his son and his daughter and the different connections between his his son and his daughter. You know what that looks like. Um, it it just, it, it really strikes to the core of the, the human condition, um, which we'll talk about about that later, but yeah. So if you are a parent, you will definitely see this uh, on a different level uh, if you're not, but, um, yeah, powerful movie for sure.
0: And I was crying through the
2: whole first act. So.
0: Right. <laughs> there's that. Right, because because that idea of having to leave our kids, yeah. of and as you were talking, I realized that in our prep, we sort of we focused on Cooper and Murph as the father daughter, yeah. but there's another father daughter right. dynamic in the movie that I mm. think is it shows the other end of the spectrum. Right. It shows. Uh, with with Doctor Brand and Doctor Brand, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You've got so you've got Cooper, who's played by Matthew McConaughey. He is a he's a farmer, but he's he used to be a pilot. He he wakes up, you know, after dreaming about a crash, and his daughter also is is in his footsteps.
3: You know, right. she
0: wants to be like him. She wants to to do that. There's that uh scene where, at the school where she brought in a textbook of his and got and got in a fight and then he's going to reward her because she's again she's echoing who he is in much mm-hmm. a different way yeah. than his son yeah and so when he leaves it's very traumatic for her like she, he was the one and, the, and their mother had died but he was the one who she connected with who knew her mm-hmm. and she she said stay it's like the message the ghost mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the ghost is in there And she keeps saying, no, you you need to stay. But he's like, I need to go. All the signs point to this of they've matched up. I'm, I'm, I'm called like no one. There's no other pilot right now because of whatever's plague had gone on with the earth. He is going so that his children would have hope and have life.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And professor brand, Michael Caine's character he treated his daughter very differently because we'll find out he sent her on a mission that he knew would not succeed. You know, they had a plan a plan B he knew plan a would never work. So he sent her knowing that she, he sent her away based on a lie. Well, not only that he
2: essentially sent her away knowing that she wouldn't return. Right. Because they, they had the seeds of a new colony and not enough fuel to get home. He sent his daughter to her death on a lie to save the human race. That is intense. (laughs) Well,
0: and and in some way, for him, he probably thought, I'm saving her life. She is going to start Mm -hmm. this new colony so she can live. And there's no, she wouldn't go if blah, blah, blah. That's his rationalization. So yeah, we're going to get into all that, their dynamics. But I think it's important. We're going to start back because there's a scene earlier in the movie. Between uh, Cooper, who's Matthew McConaughey, and uh, his father-in-law, I think his name was Donald, played by John Lithgow. By the way, Mm -hmm. superstar cast. (laughs) Like you were saying, Andrew, you're like, I pulled up the cast on on Google, and the two lines are all like people. They're like legit actors and and just amazing list of performers in this movie.
2: Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, and Hathaway – um Timothy Shemele Chim- is it Chimelay? Is that how they um, the main yeah. character of D- Yeah, the main character of Dune. Uh Matt Damon, Michael Caine, uh John Lithgow, Wes Bentley, um yeah, Casey Affleck, Casey Topher Affleck, Grace, Colette Topher, Wolf. Yeah.
0: Like these are all people that we were like, wow, that person they're in it, they're mm-hmm. in it. It's it's really especially and some of them really aren't in very much. Like Colette Wolf is somebody I recognize who I really I enjoy. She's really good. Like you mentioned, Wes Bentley. Um, yeah. Oh, I did. We didn't write down uh, the voice of TARS.
2: Oh yeah. But yeah. He's,
0: Shoot. He's, you've got your computer up. So I'm going to let you do that.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, Case is John Stewart. I didn't realize that. Oh, TARS is Bill Irwin. I'm not sure. What-
0: You'd recognize him. He's a, yeah. he's a really, again, top, top billing stack. And, you know, written by, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan
2: yeah who's, it's who's got the cast of the decent. pixar film you know like <laughs> they, they didn't have to do that but they did yeah uh, but yeah so it's it's uh there's no reason not to watch it that's what we're
0: saying. <laughs> yeah for sure so we've, we're back to john lithgow and yeah matthew McConaughey, cooper sitting on the porch drinking a beer in this dust bowl of a life that they're living in
2: which also they can still afford beer when there's no food around like right and no wheat. <laughs> okay, so a- i
0: don't know how you make beer without wheat <laughs> Right. So, I mean, corn, anyway, at least sorry. you got plenty of bourbon. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows what they were drinking out of those bottles? <laughs> yeah. So it's the dust bowl.
0: So this was after that, that event where he's, he it didn't go well at the school and John Lithgow is, is trying to, to help his son and his son-in-law deal with life and deal with the kids because he's not a farmer. Even though that's where life has landed him. And so this is their conversation. Uh, we're going to start with a couple conversations that they have on the porch that sort of lay the groundwork for who Cooper is. But again, remember if Murph is an echo of who Cooper is, that's who she is as well.
1: I hear your meeting at the school didn't go so well. You heard? It's like we've forgotten who we are, Tom. Explorers, pioneers, not caretakers. When I was a kid, it felt like they made something new every day. Some gadget or idea. Like every day was Christmas. But six billion people. Just try to imagine that. And every last one of them trying to have it all. This world isn't so bad. And Tom will do just fine. You're the one who doesn't belong. Born 40 years too later, 40 years too early. My daughter knew it. God bless her. And your kids know it, especially Murph. Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt.
0: So, Andrew, why... Why did you like say this is one of the scenes we gotta we gotta include
2: yeah yeah i mean f- i mean for several different reasons one it's it's uh it strikes to the heart of a lot of you know a lot of conversations that are going on right now in our world you know how do we treat this earth what is the importance of it what is our place in it i mean that's just i mean that's obviously that's the root of you know all of conversations is why are we here but um to hear the passion and their voices, but also the undertone of John Lithgow say, you know, billions of people imagine that, you know, and then they after that, I believe they say something like, uh, I believe Coop says something like, um, we were born on this, or we were created on this planet. We were never meant to die here. You know, the earth has been a treasure and for years has been telling us to get out that type of thing. So the, the fact that nothing is is infinite and that this earth is, is, it will one day fold up and recede and the fact, and you know, we're, we're meant to preserve and respect what we have, but it's not our purpose. Mm. Our purpose isn't, our purpose isn't to, um, live and die and live as long as we can and make the planet live as long as we can. And I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm, I, you know, I'm really (laughs) big into preservation, Um, but to get so caught up into that and thinking that that is our purpose. Then you hear the passion of Cooper. You know, we were explorers. You can't make it to outer space without burning you know, thousands of jet, thousands of gallons of jet fuel. That's not good for the environment. I don't know if you know that, <laughs>
0: but, Hashtag but science. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. and I was talking to this guy the other day, he um, used to work in, in uh, the nuclear field where he would uh, create, you know, the, the fuel for the, the pellets, basically creating um, nuclear waste. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, "That's not good." <laughs> you know, he's like, "What do we, do? what do we do with that? We buried it and it's there for thousands of years." But that process led to nuclear fusion as we know it, and you know, the cleanest form of, of energy that we know. So there's, there's all these conversations that can be had of how do you, how do you respect what God has made and given us, um, but also embrace that Creator Spirit that He has that he put in us instead of being you know, like you said caretakers um we need to experience the world that, that he's created for us but then it also goes back to like you said the comment you know the conversation between a father-in-law and a son-in-law uh, who is getting ready to leave his family and he gets into like you said the relationship the differences between um the father and the son he'll be fine he's a farmer he this is what he was specifically right. created for you know he is a farmer um he isn't meant to go to the stars he knows that he embraces that but murphy who i want to talk about her name in a second murphy you know she has the same spirit as, as her dad and and that shows throughout the film that it can't be stopped that that indomitable spirit of, of creation and creativity you can't stifle that and so i, I just thought it was it was a very uh, succinct Clip of, uh, of many layers of what this movie was about.
0: Well, and there's a there's a line earlier in the movie where you know she, there's this ghost in the room and she's not scared of it, but there's things going on that she can't explain. You know, books falling off the shelves, mm-hmm. and we'll see the dust coming down and all this. But the line was, "Science is about admitting what we don't know," mm, which so which I think is really really interesting. One, in how we look at science today is, oh, science, everything must be proven. Everything, if it's not Mm -hmm. tangible, if it's not measurable, then it doesn't exist, which I think is a lot of what this movie is wrestling with. That's one of Mm -hmm. those deeper questions. And and what makes this movie so good is there's multiple things that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But that idea of science about admitting what we don't know, well, do an experiment. I can't explain this. How does this happen? And doing investigations and all this, whereas now we look at science as sort of the proof of, no, this is how I know this, or this is – or people might say, well, God – I prove God exists. Science can't do it, so he must not.
2: Yeah, and if you'll allow me to go on a bit of a tangent, I'll I'll kind of talk about um, Cooper's ultimate – Brokenness, even toward the end of the film. So, um, you know, the, the, we talked about the science of this movie earlier, and how the fact that they had a Nobel laureate, you know, physicist yeah. um, who is, uh, you know, his, his expert is in, you know, uh, string theory and plank, uh, you know, kind of plank scale stuff. The the point of this, or the science behind the movie, is the fact that gravity can alter time. You know, it's uh, they're in they're uh, they're intertwined in an in, intimate way. So there's this big unknown in the movie of what goes on within a black hole, because that's the ultimate gravity well that we we know of. And so time is the most affected. And so if, if uh, we can figure out how that works, we can figure out how gravity works. And the crux of this movie is if we, if we can figure out how gravity works. We can lift a space station off the planet into space, and possibly onto without another, using you know, those end.
0: thousands of gallons of jet fuel.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then we can use that same technology to essentially fold space, um, creating a, a, you know, uh, a wormhole basically and get to these other planets that can, that can have, we can habitate. Um, but we can't do that because we can't get inside of a black hole. So how do we do that? How did this wormhole get here? By Saturn, I think is mm-hmm. where it was. This wormhole appeared, you know, 30 years ago from an unknown force. They know how to do it. So they're helping us figure out how to do it. So that's the whole purpose behind the movie. But toward the end, you get Matthew McConaughey. He actually miraculously goes into this black hole and then he gets to experience this world that these, these fifth dimensional beings created. And, uh, you know, there's some reveals that, you know, when they thought they had contact with these fifth dimensional beings, it was actually just the contact with themselves from the future because they were coming through this black hole. But, what Matthew McConaughey says when he's in this uh, structured reality that winds up being the bookshelf through you know, 23 years or whatever, he says, don't you understand, TARS? It's us. These beings that created this construct, that's us, millennia in the future. We transcend to a fifth dimensional being and we can't, you know, we can't come into complete contact with you know, the three dimensional being because we transcended that. And that point right there is, is a fallacy. He has nothing to base that on in that moment. Mm. The only thing that he knows is that he is there right then in a, in a construct created by a fifth dimensional being. He takes a giant leap just because he could manipulate that environment and that there, and us, the human race in that movie getting closer to that by saying, this is us. It's the worthy it, it's the indomitability of, of the human or mm. uh, what what is that called? Uh, it's a, a philosophical thing, but it's, it's basically
0: Talking to the wrong um, guy for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> basically it's putting human as god, yeah. you know. Um, we we are the ultimate being, which is it was huge.
0: Which because up to then they had, it was a they, right? This Exactly. Like they in sort of a supernatural sense. And exactly. now it's like, yeah, oh the there is no supernatural, that. it's just us millennia away yeah. which again you start getting in the time loop stuff and you you right. get a little squirrely but that's yeah so that's really interesting that they eliminated the supernatural by yeah. giving it to themselves
2: yeah yeah he did specifically nobody else uh, in the movie is that we see um ascribes to that but him in that moment where he is full of love full of emotion the climax of the movie he is in a supernatural construct for all sin, mm-hmm. you know uh, intents and purposes And he, at that moment, he still falls back on, you know, what he knew, which it's, it's eerie. It really is, you know, and, and it doesn't mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things that he wasn't right. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe it is, maybe God is just us in the future, which is, you know, obviously we don't believe that, but that was so unscientific. And uh, I love that part of the movie because they're showing us either, either it was just a thinly veiled thing that the director is, is atheist or, it's showing us that we do have doubt deeply ingrained in us and this this, nobody's perfect. And so I I thought it was a very humanizing moment in the movie. So thank you for letting me go on here. No, that's
0: what this (laughs) is all about. We let the ADHD rule supreme here. Yes. I want to go back because to that conversation, again, John Lithgow, Matthew McConaughey sitting on a porch. Yes. He's now met professor brand he said you're the only pilot left alive i can't believe i don't know how you got here but it's you know again they they brought me the you know in in our language god showed me god put me in the place where i most needed at this moment yeah and basically he's like well we need you to go on this mission save the world and he's wrestling with it Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's interesting, the questions that he asks himself, but also the response that his father-in-law says to him at this moment is actually something that will come up again later, but sort of reversed from this scientific, uh, scientific and tangible sense of things.
1: This world was never enough for you, was it, Coop? What, because heading out there is what I feel like I was born to do? And it excites me. No, that does not make it wrong. It might. Don't trust the right thing done for the wrong reason. The why of the thing. That's the foundation. And the foundation's solid.
0: But that idea, like, I feel like I was born there. I've got a mission. Everything's aligning. And the father-in-law is giving him a word of caution. Just because, you know, the stars align. Just because this happened... I love that the right thing for the wrong reason mm-hmm. is still wrong.
2: Right. Yeah. Not to, not to wax uh, nihilistic, but you know, we are just souls that were created to worship God. Like that, that is our purpose is to create, to, we were created to interact and to love others and to love God and to be loved by God. So going to space, ultimately, it, it doesn't matter. God could, Right, you know, uh, snap his fingers, and we could be in space. You can do literally anything. So, like saying the why of the thing is is the purpose is so so strong, you know, because we do all these things, we endeavor. I work sixty hours a week right now, going to sports, you know, going you know, physical therapy, the the magazine, doing good stuff, helping people out. But why?
0: Right, <laughs> you know, right. and if
2: you don't step back and ask yourself that question, you'll you will never make it.
0: Yeah, because it could feel great. It could feel aligned. And, yeah. and I've shared the story yeah. before. I, when, when I was volunteering in the church and I I was leading a volunteer team, you know, I'd start as a, in the parking group and then I became an usher and then an usher leader and then an usher coordinator. And I was went from going to a small group to leading small groups to leading leaders of small groups. All good stuff. All invited. All mm-hmm. godly stuff. Yeah. But what happened was my family felt second. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, "There's, you know, there's a chasm between us with the church that's splitting us apart as a family." And the why does matter. Mm-hmm. Why was I doing that? Was I doing it a little bit because it's like, oh, I'm belong. I get that's where i get my sense of belonging that's where i get my sense of purpose my sense of validation i'm actually i look like i'm doing good but the why is you're feeding my ego
2: (laughs) right Yep, absolutely
0: and so throughout you know jesus says we've got to basically sacrifice that ego we've got to kill it in order to find life we've got to do i was um that proverbs that says there's a way that seems right to a man but it it's a path that leads to death but jesus basically said the reverse there's a way that looks like death but in it you'll find life Mm -hmm. what you see them is they're they're wrestling and he says the foundation is strong because why is cooper going to space it's to provide a life for his children right that's his that's his core motivation or at least it was until he lost 23 years on Miller's planet. And then I'm not sure what his motivation became. <laughs> get home. Right.
2: I mean, he went through a black hole to try to get home. It was just a happy accident that they figured out how black holes worked in the process. You know, Right.
0: Yeah. And that's, a, I think, a really interesting point is because he did become broken. And and I think I'm going to talk about that scene, the, the gap of 23 years. I'm going to talk about that on the YouTube channel cool, because it is a very visual scene, but it's so powerful. It's the, probably the first, no, the second, the first one is uh, when she's Cooper's trying to get, or Murphy's trying to get Coop to stay. That's, that's an emotionally wrecking one. Then seeing a father watching 23 years of his son's life flash before his eyes. uh, It'll, it'll tear you up.
2: And there's something different about losing time from a child because you made a decision as opposed to if you were torn apart by outside sources mm. you know the fact that it was your choice you know cooper's choice to to do this and it was their choice that's a lot of those uh a lot of those uh, interplanetary movies really really revolve around a small uh you know a specific choice that has huge right uh, you know no. outcomes and uh, because everything in space we're not supposed to be there you know everything and every little thing could be a catastrophe so they did they did a really good job in this movie about that but that fact that you know their choices led them to that mistake was it just i mean it's it's something that you have to live with right and a strong thing
0: which is a beautiful transition and segue to this next scene where they did go they went on they made choices and the result of that choices was a loss of 23 years the use of the fuel so they can't go back. They now can't visit the other two planets. They only have enough fuel and also return home. They can only visit one. Right. Mm-hmm. And remember the why matters. The why is foundational. Right. So they're debating which one of these two planets will they visit? Will they visit Dr. Man's planet, played by Matt Damon? Which I think was prep for the Martian or maybe the sequel to the Martian. Yeah,
2: right. There's gotta Super, be some, there a lot uh, some of story world overlap. But <laughs> Yeah, I felt like the Martian was the prequel to uh, Interstellar right. for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> or do they go to I think the other planet Wolf's planet?
2: Yes, Wolf. Yes.
0: There's there's conflicting information, but what Dr. Brand, Amelia, and Hathaway's character is saying is she wants to go to this other planet, even though it's farther away, even though they haven't heard from him in three years. And it's not really based on science.
1: Right. She's in love with Wolf Edmonds. Is that true?
3: Yes. And that makes me want to follow my heart. But maybe we've spent too long trying to figure all this out with theory. You're a scientist, Bran. So listen to me. When I say that love isn't something we invented, it's observable, powerful. It has to mean something.
1: Love has meaning, yes. Social utility, social bonding, child rearing.
3: We love people who have died. Where's the social utility in that? None. Maybe it means something more, something we can't yet understand. Maybe it's some evidence, some artifact of a higher dimension that we can't consciously perceive i'm drawn across the universe to someone i haven't seen in a decade who i know is probably dead love is the one thing we're capable of perceiving that transcends dimensions of time and space maybe we should trust that even if we can't understand it yet all right cooper yes the tiniest possibility of seeing Wolf again excites me. That doesn't mean I'm wrong.
1: Honestly, Amelia, I mean, it, it might. Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: it, it, that's the echo. I mean, almost word for word. Like, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It might. It might. <laughs> yet, the motivation, because... Have you
2: considered that possibility?
0: Because his <laughs> motivation had changed from saving his kids to seeing his kids like i've lost 23 years and i think many of us experience the same thing of i made a choice you know there's a there's a line that that the professor brand said earlier is you know when he's like i i'm working on the equation i haven't figured out how to lift the space station up we're almost there and Coop said, you're asking me to hang everything on an almost. And Brian says, I'm asking you to trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you, you mentioned, that trust was a <laughs> trust was not a thing that he really deserved. <laughs> right. But I think that God asks us that same question. We, we approach him and say, I'm, I'm, you're asking me to hang everything on an almost. And he says, I'm asking you to trust me. But then we get to a point where we've trusted him, where we feel like the cost is too great. And that's why I see it. And it's like he's become this cold, scientific, data-driven person. He's no longer looking. Which is
2: his fallback. Right. Like that's where – that's what his defensive response is.
0: Because everything she says is correct. Everything she says yep. is they should have gone to Edmund's planet. That's his name. They should have. Got, yeah. And we see at the end of the movie that that planet is sustainable.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: They should have. And I love Gosh. that thing, that idea that love is transcendent. Love is mm-hmm. beyond us. Love crosses dimensions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the the full story world here. You know, I mean, if it is God, if it is us who have transcended eventually like regardless it's it's like you said it's something or that she said it's something that's not quantifiable right now if we could quantify it then we you know all this other stuff wouldn't matter like we would be to that point um so we, it, the second you can prove it it's not that it's not necessary anymore but it, it completely changes the motivation of, of why we're here
0: right and as as they said earlier the why is foundational the why matters. Mm-hmm.
2: And I like that they leave it open ended, you know, by saying, you know, it's, it's not wrong. It might be, he's not saying it is, he's challenging her and his father-in-law is challenging him to ask the why he's not saying it's wrong. He's saying, take a second and evaluate why you're doing it. That's all. It's, you
0: know. Which again, isn't a, it's not bad, but she brings up something that I didn't pull in the clip that I do want. We, we kind of had teed it up before. We want to talk about this idea of one Murphy, her name, but Murphy's law, which hmm. comes up a couple times in the movie. and which is Murphy's law is, is what basically if anything can happen, it
2: will.-hmm. Yeah, yeah, anything that can happen will happen eventually, right. And then, you know, recently, now that we have, we, you know, thanks to the MCU, we have our multiverses that becomes even even more powerful Here's where everything possible
0: <laughs> has happened. The infinity of right. every minute decision is existing in some alternate dimension. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it was cool because at the beginning of it, Murphy's upset. Like, why did you name me after something? Because, you know, I mean, I, I think by now it's that's been clarified what Murphy's Law is, where he, um, yeah, I remember back in the day, it was like, oh, Murphy's law. Everybody would say it because, um, when it, it, it was, uh, misconstrued as everything that, uh, everything bad that can happen will happen. Yeah. If something when can go wrong, a bad day it will. and they stub their toe, yeah. yeah. stub your toe, you know, spill your coffee. Oh, Murphy's law. I'm having one of those days. Everything bad is going to happen. But yeah, that's, and then, uh, Cooper, you know, clarifies to her. No, everything that, um, uh, can happen will ha- happen. And that sounds good to us. But what he's, what he's alluding to is, is almost fate or destiny, I should say, more, more than fate. Because in, in this specific situation, it's um, he doesn't think it's a spiritual uh, thing. Not trying to avoid what you feel you should do. Not trying to avoid who you feel you are. Um, you know, those, those motivations. Like, you were going to be born, so you were born. And we, and that sounded just fine to us. And then we're going to raise you. And so they get to be able to have this experience without the guilt of it, because this is what's supposed to happen. I don't
0: know. Well, and and her argument against going to man's planet is it's too close to the black hole. Hmm. Because the black hole sucks in all the accidents. There, no meteors are going to hit it. And she says evolution happens through accidents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, And she's she actually – that's where she talks about Murphy's Law because things need yeah. to happen, But mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's weird, whatever. But if you look at the way that we treat our lives, we want our lives to be as accident-free, as unplanned eventuality, right. a little mystery because if we decrease yeah. the mystery, we decrease the risk in our minds. But if anything right. can happen, it probably will. And like you said, we always associate if something happens to be bad. Right. And what she says about those planets is not enough happens. Not enough mm-hmm. happens to sustain life. On one planet, You we see this big water world, unsustainable for life. On the other one, it's a frozen, nothing happens, unsustainable for life. Mm-hmm. You've got to, en- and we have to enter into a phase where more things can happen, where we can put ourselves in position to, experience more ups and downs remember we're explorers mm-hmm. we've got to look to yeah. the stars not lose ourselves in the dirt
2: just to distinguish the last time we talked we talked about the fifth element mm-hmm. and uh Zorg pushes the glass off the table and it shatters and he says look at all these Chaos. things that have a yeah. purpose now yeah yeah so there's a difference between um saying in order for there to be light there has to be darkness mm-hmm That's, you know, that's a, that's a, it's essentially a lie. The, the, and then what we're talking about, which is in order to have progression, you have to have freedom and you have to have variability, not that those variables have to be destructive. They have to be stimulating going on the theme of this movie, you know, talk about entropy, you know, it's like everything has an end. Everything is slowly dissolving everything. And, and as humans, we're just trying to fight back against that. We're trying to live as long as we can. We're trying to keep, you know, our, our things without dust on them and stuff like that. So those that's, that's one way of trying to hold on to control, but instead you can use those things um, to see the beauty of what you have and the beauty of what God has, has created and things like that. So I think uh, being able to embrace that change, as opposed to um, using it as a stimulus to control it as a, as a big kind of mind shift.
0: Yeah. I love how you brought up the term variability because we don't like mm-hmm. our lives to be variable. No, but even as we're talking right now, I have four pots of chili cooking upstairs <laughs> because uh, my wife made chili a couple of weeks ago. And it, I mean, it's good. But I'm like, I want to make my own, like, I want to have my recipe. I want to like, I have this idea, yeah. like robust. I'm gonna put yeah. some corn in it, some different beans, and make it seasoned. Like it to me, it's a darker chili. But I've never really made chili before. So experimenting. So I'm experimenting. So I've got there. <laughs> yes, it's very. I, I even did sort of scientific. It's like okay, these all have you know some certain base ingredients. You know, they all have black beans. They all have corn. They all have you know tomatoes and all this stuff. But like in this one, I put red kidney beans. In this one, I put pinto beans. In this one, I put uh, ghost pepper salt. In this one, I put scotch bonnet peppers. So I changed yep. it, adjusted it. <laughs> and because my wife's vegetarian, I have two that are meat. Uh, one that's a Beyond Burger and one that's like a crumble oh. of plant-based protein. So it's like I have you know two veggie options, two meat options. I wrote, I actually wrote down the differences, what I put different in each one.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: Cause it's like, okay, let's try these four. You know, I've got, there's an orange bell pepper and a yellow bell pepper, but I can't tell you how hard it is to pull the trigger and actually make the chili because it's like, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. if this sucks? What if yeah. I screw it yeah. up? What if I mess it up? What if there's a better option I didn't know about? So I didn't do it, you know? Like I wanted to try poblano peppers in one of them, but I couldn't find them around here. So that's yeah. in the next iteration, the next uh, uh, experiment group, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And I know it's, it's silly. We're talking about chili, right?
2: <laughs> Nothing silly about chili. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think it, for our lives, we have to approach it that way. One is the vast majority of stuff we do is never forever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's very few decisions we can't come back from. Yeah, It's like, oh, I thought I wanted to go to college. I didn't. Oh, I didn't right. want to go to college, but I did. Oh, I asked that girl out. You don't have to ask her out again. <laughs> like, if it goes right. poorly, you just don't do it. But we seem yeah. to think that, like, we learn. if we do this, then there's, like, 20 steps down the road that we have to do. Mm-hmm instead of just embracing that step that's in front of us is let's try this. Let's introduce variability into our lives and see what happens, see what God does in it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I think it's easy to um, kind of see that scenario. You know, it's a dumbed down thought, but you know, you you go through life either pragmatic or intuitive, you know, I mean, either you're going to break down every single thought and step, or you're going to, follow love, follow your heart, follow yeah. what you feel like you should, those artifacts of something higher, you know, that type of thing. Um, we had mentioned, uh, uh Timothy, uh, yeah. earlier, and, and that reminded me of Dune, you know, the, uh, they don't go into it as much in the movie, but in the book, uh, the, the whole power of Paul is the fact that he, the spice awakened something in him toward, he could see mm-hmm. almost infinite possibilities. The only reason we as humans have the scientific method is because of our finite, um, you know processing power if we could see every you know projection of every ripple of everything we do we would essentially see the future you know, do anything and so the scientific theory is just trying to harness a little bit of control and trying to figure that out um, like you said it's impossible you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out every variability but every now and then if a, if a situation warrants itself like you said with the chili why have the same chili for the rest of your life whenever you can spend one day figuring out what kind of chili you like and then you've improve your quality of life for the rest yeah. forever so why not take that step you know don't go don't drive yourself crazy trying to do make this your life's work but appreciate the process for what it is
0: that's why i'm no good at chess they say yeah, they say, say that chess players can see like the really like what is it the grandmasters see seven or eight moves ahead and i'm like yeah i don't i don't even know that i want to <laughs> Exactly. A lot of- it's a personality thing.
2: It's just how you see the world. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's beautiful about the way that God created us. Yeah. Everybody sees reality a little bit differently. And those people that do that, that's how their mind works and that's how they've harnessed it. But just because we don't understand that doesn't mean they're wrong. And I love that. I love the fact that they can see reality slightly different, but it doesn't change that we are all a part of the human race designed for
0: one purpose. And what we see in Coop is just about every decision he makes is the wrong one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So they go to visit Dr. Mann, who's been lying to them all along. Oh, by the way, so was Professor Brand back home. There was no plan A. Mm -hmm. It was always about sending them off to colonize. So they get back. You know, Mann has wrecked their ship. They only have enough get. Ga- they don't have enough fuel, really, to get home. They can't go through the wormhole with a busted ship. So, the plan is, you know, Amelia is going to go to, finally, to follow her heart to see if if Edmunds is alive, and uh, Cooper is going to try to get home to his kids. Again, every decision that he's made has been wrong. By tangible measurable results
2: and it's important to note. it's a lot of it's because he never had all the information
0: yeah and we never do we never do exactly
2: (laughs) exactly yep yeah
0: this movie is super complex one of the reasons that it's so good Mm -hmm. is because we get to this moment where he enters the black hole he's in this as tar says they took these these supernatural beings or they took time and made it three-dimensional so that you could manipulate it. So he's starting to figure things out. And what he realizes that it wasn't them that sent him. It was him and this thing that manipulated. He was the ghost that was moving books in, in, in Murphy's room that was doing the stuff with the dust. He says, we're the bridge, which I actually love that idea. Like we mm-hmm. as Christians are the bridge between the supernatural and the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God could manipulate the world around us, right? Jesus said he could make, you know, bread, stones turn into bread, all the stuff, but he chooses to use us. He chooses to use the 12 disciples to spread the gospel around the world.
2: It's that whole idea that we're the conduit, like we're the radio, like there's radio waves everywhere, and we're the ones who broadcast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so Cooper realizes that Brand was onto something while he's floating there. He's trying to communicate with his daughter. The super powerful scene where he's begging his past self to stay, where it's like, no, you need to stay. You need to stay, knowing that he leaves because he's lived that already. Like to a extent, he's just watching the past. And that idea that they didn't bring us here to change the past is also true because where I'm going is this idea of, of shame that we carry and how God can redeem even our mistakes, even the choices we wish we had back. And that's why I got to be such a wreck because like I saw the pain my daughter especially had as a result of the divorce of her feeling like I left right. and that idea that love can transcend time. That's the thing we have to give it time, right? <laughs> yeah. And it ends up in this this scene as he's floating around. He has a realization as she's, as the daughter's realizing her father's still there and has been there all along. As he's talking to Tars, narrating what he's about to do, he comes to the same realization that Amelia had when she wanted to go to Edmund's planet.
1: All of this, the one little girl's bedroom, every moment. It's infinitely complex. They have access to infinite time and space, but they're not bound by anything. They can't find a specific place in time. They can't communicate. That's why I'm here. I'm going to find a way to tell Murph, just like I found this moment. How cool. The Love, Tars, love. It's just like Bran said. My connection with Murph, it is quantifiable. It's the key. What are we here to do? Find
3: out.
1: i the data into the movement of the second hand. Dollars, translate the data into Morse and feed it to me. Translating data into Morse. Cooper, what if she never came back for it? She will. She will. Murph, I can see his car! He's coming, Murph! Okay, I'm coming down. How do you know?
2: all right you react wow. i'm trying but i'm trying to also force down my emotions Paul, <laughs> no! I'm, I'm like oh no you do it because i gotta wipe the tears uh, out of my eyes okay okay so yeah <laughs> i'll uh I'll, I'll give it my best go here um like you said as far as the fact that that love transcends time um he saw it in his daughter from the moment his daughter was born he saw mm. the connection that they had he stared, um, or, you know, stared his daughter in her face, essentially when she recorded that message, we talked about that earlier, the one message that, um, right. she recorded specifically to him, she recorded another one, but this one was to him saying, you know, um, you were the same age now. You told me that when I came back, we might be the same age. Well, that's today. And then she signed off. And that was the last time that she talked to him. That would have been easy for him to think she's given up on me this, you know, she, she hates me now. Um, she's never going to uh, send me another video. She's, she's uh, written me off, but he didn't. And in that moment he explains why, you know, we have, uh, you know, outburst emotional outbursts. We have moments where we think we hate a person, but when it comes down to it, their connection was, you know, essentially transcended time and his ability or her ability to hold on to that trust, even in the face of, you know, seemingly being lied to, being being left, all those things, she held on to it just as tight then as she always had. And he knew that, that that was a tether that they
0: had. Yeah, that variability shapes us. The variability, mm-hmm. the stuff that we don't want, right? Murph didn't want her dad to leave, but her dad had to leave. Her dad had to make those mistakes to get him in that position, yeah. to be there, to, to share the information. There's no one else that could have done it. And what I see saw in that scene before where he's begging his prior self to stay was the burden's too much. The pain is too much. I don't want to go through this again. Let me just go back and die with yeah. my kids because I never left. Right. And – yeah, but when she realizes it was you, it was you all along, she understands the father's love, mm-hmm. and she receives it, and she opens herself up, and she has a, a life after that, Right. And that leads sure. us to our last scene.
2: Yeah. So basically, he wakes up, wakes up on the space station, and on on you know um, a space station that he thinks is named after him, but is actually named after her, right. you know, the Cooper Space Station. Um, so then he finds out that his daughter has become you know basically the savior of the human race uh, by translating the data that he gave to her. And then, so they say she's still alive. And then, if it's the first time you're watching this movie, you start doing the math and think. She can't still be alive. She'd be like 140 or something like that. But then they, she actually put herself to sleep, you know, because they've at some point, in, you know, this reality, they've perfected cryosleep. You know, she she wakes up and, you know, they wake her up, uh, presumably by express, uh, you know, instructions. When my dad comes back, you will wake me up because otherwise she put herself to sleep to be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing she did was put herself to sleep and he's never going to come back. And then uh, that's the end of her life. But she knew so deeply that he was going to come back that she was like, okay, now I'm, I'm close to the end of my life. I can't wait any longer naturally. Put me to sleep. Wake me up when he comes back. So she makes the trip to the space station. When he gets there, all of her kids and grandkids are there with her, surrounding her. Again, I'm going to try not to tear up, but <laughs> just such a powerful thing to see that generational thing. And so he walks into the room and, you know, their meeting is just so powerful. And uh, everybody says, how did you know he's going to come back? Cause he's my dad. He said he would, Yeah, you know, and just so matter of fact. And then after that, he says, I'm never leaving again. I'm here for you. You know? Um, and she says, no, no parent should have to watch their child, um, child die, which is special for me in some other ways. But um, she says, I have my, my family here with me now. I, I can let you go. You know, I've, I've seen you. I knew you would come back. You did. And then she is able to not close that loop, but embrace it for the most part. So, yeah. And, and also I think a, a secondary part of that is she knew that his story wasn't done. Right. His job is up there. You know, he still has other stuff to do. Go find a uh, brand. Yeah. Cause she's out there trying to colonize a world and she needs you. So go, but yeah, no, super powerful.
0: Yeah. Cause he, she had been set free earlier, you know, back in her thirties right. when she realized yeah. that her the ghost was her dad. He's like, Oh, yeah, it's it's been you all along. However, he he was only set free when she set him free. Because yeah. the whole movie is you gotta make things right with Murph. And that even that painful scene where he he's like, I gotta go, he drives off as she runs out the door. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, that yeah. that moment of of healing and connection that he was so craving was lost. Yeah. And it was until the end that really now he can live life for himself because he had been living it. His focus was on them. Either mm-hmm. saving the world for them or, you know, getting back to them. And now that he had done both, now he could live a life and live a life in the stars, which is where he belonged.
2: And and the why, right? The motivation of the why. Right. You know, like at this point, he was free to do this next. Do this. Go on to this next step because uh, because of the why.
0: So, our big question, our takeaways is one is how can you introduce variability into your life? You don't have to make four different kinds of chili. You can try different things, but I would say start small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the love transcends dimensions. Yeah, love transcends. Yeah, because th- again, you know, God is love, and it talks about mm-hmm. that like yeah love and god being love is also sort of a tangible being mm-hmm. and i I don't know i'm rambling a little bit you got any closing thought andrew yeah
2: I, yeah i mean i think you hit the, the nail on the head with a couple of those things you know don't be don't be afraid you know, because in essence this is an exploration movie it's a masterpiece in many other levels but it is an exploration movie where we're we're driven to the excitement of new things from the comfort of our couch. Right. So, um, but yeah, so get excited about stuff. Don't, don't fear the future. Be excited about it because God is in control. Nothing is meant to last forever. Um, enjoy what he has given you. Um, enjoy the truth that, um, he has our best interests at heart. Yes. There's, there's tragedies that happens and, you know, there's cliches that make it sound, uh, that give us false hope but the fact that we do have the ability to go out and be excited about the world that he created because he loved it loves us and loved us enough to create a world for us is pretty awesome yeah
0: well thank you for carving out a little bit to- of time here on your saturday uh go check out the anthology what was the name of it animal animal kingdom animal kingdom on gohavoc.com it'll be available by the time this podcast comes out And uh, so thank you again, Andrew, for joining me. Absolutely. This has been Paul McDonald and Andrew Winch talking about Interstellar. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you join us next time here on the Minute the Movies podcast.
1: Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?